Yes, good music. Thanks, uh, Monsieur Gack. And, of course, you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show, coming right up with Gavin Walker. Mm-hmm. 
We'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR, the final show for the month of July. Oh yeah, how time flies, doesn't it? And of course, we're uh, really in the midst of uh, a lovely period of weather, which uh, I'll talk about a little later on in the show. It's uh, it's really nice. I don't think it's uh, uh, sh- people shouldn't be complaining that it's too hot, as they did in the first blast. Uh, it's been really nice. Anyway, uh, that's uh, that's it. And um, with our final show in July, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a change in format right here on The Jazz Show. Um, I'll tell you right off the bat, the jazz feature, which is usually and will be tonight, as usual, shortly after 11 o'clock, but starting next week, the jazz feature will be the first part of the show. We'll kick right in with the jazz feature right after the, uh, the theme, um, a few words from myself, and into the jazz feature. That's the way it's going to be. And then after that, then we're going to delve into whatever we're going to delve into for the next uh, two hours or so. So that's going to be the, uh, the change um, in format. Uh, tonight, we're doing it as normal. But starting next month, the jazz feature will be right from the get-go, right after the theme and the initial announcements. So there you go. Um, and I'll repeat that uh, a little later on in the show. And, of course, this is The Jazz Show. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, we'd like to uh, say hi to everybody that's out there this evening. And a beautiful night tonight, and we hope that you can uh, stay with us for uh, a few hours. We're here for three, uh, some of the very best in jazz music. And um, our podcast services, as um, Gary mentioned in the uh, last show, uh, they are down. A new server is being brought in, and so the podcasts are temporarily suspended for now until they're all uploaded uh, onto the new server. So um, when that happens, of course, uh, then you'll be able to access all the past podcasts of uh, this show and any other show that you uh, want to hear. But uh, the new server is, uh, well, is being serviced and being served. <laughs> there you go. So, all right. Uh, our jazz feature tonight is a wonderful album that was recorded in 1964, but never released until 1981. It got stuck in the Blue Note vaults. And the great uh, archivist Michael Cascuna, who um, went into the Blue Note vaults and brought out all kinds of uh, wonderful recordings that were never issued. And this is one of them. And it's by one of the greatest trumpet players, uh, modern jazz trumpet players of all time, the wonderful and sadly ill-fated Lee Morgan. And uh, it features a band under his leadership. It's really an all-star band. But the, all, all these guys had played together at one time or another. So the, the, the cohesion of this date is, is absolutely incredible. Um, and it features Lee's compositions. He wrote four out of the five and they're all interesting and very different. Each one has got its own kind of mood and groove and everything. 
And the all-star band includes uh, Lee, of course, um, who was really a prodigy and, and was, as a teenager, was making waves uh, in the 50s. And, of course, uh, matured during the 60s and became one of the most authoritative voices of the trumpet. He really is um, one of my all-time favorite musicians on the trumpet. You know, people have asked me, well, I have lots of favorites, and I can go, well, there's this guy and this guy and this guy. But when when it comes to modern trumpet, I, I sort of go, oh, well, there's Lee Morgan. Uh, he, he really spoke to me personally um, in terms of his music. Hey, and I even played pool with him. I'll tell you that story sometime. <laughs> that was fun. And he beat me, too. Uh, he was he He was pretty good. Anyway, uh, that's, a, that's another story. Uh, this is Lee Morgan on trumpet with Curtis Fuller on trombone, uh, who is in fine form. Jackie McLean on alto saxophone, of course, and he is one of the, the true masters of the alto saxophone with his unique sound and concept. And on this date, he, um, he curbs his avant-garde tendencies and plays, uh, returns to sort of his bebop roots and uh, plays beautifully on this date. McCoy Tyner, of course, grew up with Lee Morgan and uh, was a member of John Coltrane's band at the time that this was recorded. But uh, McCoy, I know, really enjoyed this particular session because um, uh, the seriousness and intensity of Coltrane's music uh, could really wear one out, and, and McCoy really enjoyed doing this session because the music was lighter and um, and more fun for him. And McCoy sounds wonderful on this album. Bob Cranshaw is the bassist and solid and steady. He, Bob Cranshaw is still very much with us. He's Sonny Rollins' bass player. And, of course, on drums, as a favor to Lee Morgan, uh, because uh, this man had stopped making sideman appearances uh, for many years, came back as a favor to Lee and did this date. And the drummer, of course, is the redoubtable fire stoker, Art Blakey. And uh, Art Blakey loved Lee Morgan. He thought of Lee Morgan as a son, maybe an errant son, but a son all the same. They, they really had a mutual admiration society, and Blakey plays beautifully on the date. Anyway, the date is called Tomcat. That's the title of the opening track. And uh, it's a wonderful album. That's going to be our jazz feature album shortly after 11 o'clock. So, and that'll be the last show that we'll be doing the jazz feature at that time. As I said, next week, the jazz feature is going to be the kickoff music of um, our shows from now on. So there you go. All right. To open a classic, Gil Evans and his orchestra. Now, Gil Evans became famous, really, with his association with Miles Davis, uh, it started back in the 40s and early 50s with the Miles uh, uh, Birth of the Cool Band. Gill was a part of that whole, uh, all those people that were writing for that unique band um, that was uh, a financial failure but an artistic success. Um, then Gill uh, seemed to reemerge in the 50s with an album with Miles Davis called Miles Ahead. And uh, his unique arrangements made that album a classic. And, of course, Miles and Gil went on to um, making 
more great albums. Their version of uh, the Gershwin's Porgy and Bess uh, is one of the finest, most incredible jazz albums you're ever going to hear. And that was followed, of course, by the immortal Sketches of Spain uh, album, which uh, appealed to such a broad spectrum of, uh, of music listeners. It went beyond jazz. And, of course, uh, there were some other collaborations. And through that, Gil Evans uh, kind of rose to fame. People started saying, oh, Gil Evans, yeah. Oh, he, he writes so beautifully. Because writers are a little, uh, in, in jazz, it's a performer's art, soloist's art. And, and writers sometimes, and arrangers like Gil, sometimes take a back seat and are, are not mentioned as prominently as the great soloists, Miles Davis, Charlie Parker, John Coltrane, Sonny Rollins, etc., through this, uh, through his association with Miles Davis, Gil Evans had become a name and formed his own band. And this is what we're going to hear. This is a classic album that Gil made with his own band. And uh, all these musicians are handpicked by him. And, and the album is called Out of the Cool. And it became one of the great um, initial releases on the Impulse label. And we're going to hear several tunes from this album. It's so beautiful. And the writing and uh, the spontaneity and uh, the unique uh, way that Gil um, organizes the, the horns and, and has them play uh, such different roles. And Gil Evans, um, interestingly enough, was a Canadian. He was born in Toronto and uh, as a young man moved to the United States. But uh, So there, therefore, that's... Uh, that's a plus. Uh, his, his real name was Ian Gilmore Green, and he changed his name to Gil Evans. And uh, as I said, he's Canadian. He plays piano on here, um, and of course he did the arrangements, and he conducts the orchestra, and these are his compositions. The people involved here, uh, we have the soloist, one of my favorite trumpet players. I talked about Lee Morgan being a favorite. Well, another favorite of mine is little Philadelphian Johnny Coles, little Johnny C. He's the trumpet soloist on here. And the other trumpeter in the band is a, a gentleman named Phil Sunkel. But Johnny Coles is the soloist on here. Two trombone players, uh, Keg Johnson and Jimmy Nepper. And on bass trombone, a guy with a great name, Tony Studd. Okay. Uh, on tuba, Bill Barber. And uh, playing alto saxophone, flute, and piccolo, and l delivering all the colors is a guy named Ray Beckenstein. And uh, Eddie Kane um, does the same thing. Uh, the soloist playing tenor saxophone is the great Bud Johnson, one of the early modern jazz musicians. And we also have a, a gentleman who plays bassoon, flute, and piccolo, Bob Tricorico. On guitar, wonderful player who's not mentioned very much. He's great on this track. Ray Crawford on guitar, the late, great Ray Crawford. Never got a lot of recognition. Wonderful guitarist. On bass, someone that you do know is the great Ron Carter. And on drums and percussion, Elvin Jones was uh, brought in. Um, he was uh, working with Coltrane at the time, but he had some time off to work with Gil Evans and do this album. And um, Charlie Persip is also on extra percussion on here. 
doing different things. But the main drummer here is Elvin Jones. So we're going to hear some music from this album. We're going to open with a beautiful piece, uh, which <laughs> is not very summer-like because the name in Spanish means snowfall. The title of this tune is called La Nevada. The second tune is a beautiful, uh, poignant ballad that features uh, Jimmy Nepper's trombone, and it really conjures up the the warm uh, South, magnolia trees, uh, the beautiful ocean, this kind of thing. And the piece of music is an idyllic-sounding piece of music called Where Flamingos Fly. And we're going to follow that up with... Uh, Interesting composition by George Russell, uh, who and Gil Evans arranged his great tune. The final tune we're going to hear is called Stratus Funk. So here then, the Gil Evans Orchestra to open the jazz show this evening. Enjoy La Nevada.
from the classic album Out of the Cool that was uh, issued on Impulse Records. This was um, Gil Evans. It wasn't the first album with his own band, but it certainly was the album that uh, uh, was well distributed and, uh, of course, became a, a jazz hit and um, really put uh, Gil Evans on the map as an individual uh, rather than, say, someone um, associated with Miles Davis, which, of course, he uh, was inevitably. Um, but this was Gil with his own group. And uh, most interesting and wonderful album. We heard three tunes from the album. Uh, Gil um, conducted... Um, played the piano, and was the arranger on those three tunes. The first tune was his own composition. It's based on something that he just uh, got the band to improvise on, and it turned out to be um, a long kind of uh, arranged thing, and he called it La Nevada. And uh, I guess the history of that tune goes back quite a bit. Uh, it's, it's pitched in the key of G minor, and uh, La Nevada, of course, is Spanish for uh, snowfall, which uh, we're very far away from at this point. But uh, a beautiful piece of music and a, a great opener. And uh, the second tune was actually written by a gentleman named John Benson Brooks. And uh, Gill arranged that tune to feature the wonderful Jimmy Nepper on trombone. And a very evocative uh, piece of music um, longing for something, um, dreaming about something, and beautiful title, too. It's called Where Flamingos Fly, and um, pastoral kind of a piece of music. And the third tune was a George Russell composition, the most adventurous thing, and, of course, Gill did put his own magic touch on uh, a tune that was written by George Russell called Stratus Funk, and um, Gill just did, uh, well, as I said, his own kind of magic uh, on that, with that arrangement. And the soloists on here, if you heard a trumpet solo, it was by the wonderful little Johnny C, Johnny Coles. And if you heard a trombone solo, other than Jimmy Nepper's feature on the second tune, uh, you heard Tony Studd on bass trombone. And if you heard a tenor saxophone, it was the great Bud Johnson. And if you heard a guitar... It was the most underrated, one of the most underrated guitarists, wonderful player by the name of Ray Crawford. And uh, the bass, of course, was Ron Carter, and the drums were by the great Elvin Jones, and of course, other folks in the band as well. So that was our first uh, set, and I hope you enjoyed the music and uh, the wonderful musical magic of Gil Evans. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we have a couple of announcements, and we'll be right back with some music, more classic music. Oh, stick around. You'll find out what it is. AMS Food Bank. Your access to money during the studies at UBC will most likely be limited, but it is a priority of the AMS Food Bank to ensure your access to food is not. The AMS Food Bank provides emergency food relief seven days a week for all UBC students. To volunteer with the Food Bank, 
or for inquiries about how to take advantage of the services provided, contact them at foodbank at ams.ubc.ca. For more information, find the AMS Food Bank on Facebook or feel free to visit anytime across from the Wellness Centre and Sprouts. UBC's Museum of Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of Indigenous art from around the world, and guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. There's a lot to take in. Luckily at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources. Just like to remind you too that uh, tonight is the uh, last night that we're going to be doing the jazz feature shortly after 11 o'clock. And I did mention that at the top of the show, but in case you just joined us, um, starting next Monday and from now on, the jazz feature will be the first music, other than our theme song, of course, that we will play. In other words, the jazz feature is going to start the jazz show from um, not now on, but from next week on. So uh, just a reminder of that, and it gives, I think it will give more people a chance to uh, listen to uh, the jazz feature, and uh, the fact that it's on at 11 o'clock is a little late for a lot of people, and uh, there are several other reasons as well, which I won't get into right now, but I think, uh, I think you'll like the, uh, the jazz feature being on first, and it'll be basically um, up to an hour of, uh, of really uh, of uninterrupted music from a single album or by a single artist. That's the whole idea of the jazz feature. So there you go. That's what will be happening starting next week, starting on BC Day, the holiday, next Monday. Well, this is so classic. Uh, I re- this really doesn't need an introduction. This is uh, among some of my, as far as I'm concerned, if I were to introduce someone to the, the marvels of modern jazz, I think I might start with this album. And it's, it's an album that I grew up with, um, and it was recorded at Birdland. Uh, February 21st, George Washington's birthday, uh, 1954, or George Washington's birthday eve. And the one surviving member of this band is alto saxophonist Lou Donaldson. I I had a long talk with Lou about this, and he he told me that uh, he loved these recordings too because uh, this was um, basically the only time that he did a, a gig with all of these guys in the band, all of these particular people, together. And uh, he said his only regret was that Blue Note came in and recorded uh, all of this stuff on the second night that they were playing. They played for two weeks at Birdland. And uh, jazz gigs used to go on a lot longer than they do now. You know, usually it's a one-nighter or a weekend or something, but 
back in the day, uh, you worked for a couple of weeks at a place, and you were able to uh, change the repertoire and really develop a sound. And, uh, of course, you rehearsed before the gig, but it, uh, it just got better and better. And Lou felt that um, the band would have tightened up, as he told me in his inimitable, inimitable voice, uh, he, <laughs> he said, "He said, Gavin, you know this thing is. Uh, it, they should have recorded it at the end of the gig, not at the beginning of the gig. The band would have sounded a whole lot better." And I, <laughs> so <laughs> I, 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 I kind of said, "Well, the the kind of little bit of raggedness and a little bit of roughness gives this music its its real charm." Uh, and everybody was so inspired. He, and and of course he agreed. He said, "He said we played good." Every night. We played good every night, man. <laughs> so the thing is, um, is that he felt the ensembles uh, would have been a little tighter toward the end of the gig and so on. But the inspiration was there every night. But I, as I said, I, I think the ch- part of the charm of this is the, is the little bit of looseness uh, in, in, in the band. And it just makes this music just even more human and, and fun. This, is, this music is not, uh, yes, it's modern jazz, but it's fun. It's joyous. Uh, I mean, it's, it really exudes a whole thing. Birdland must have been a very happy place with this band. So it, it's a quintet led by the great Art Blakey. This was before the Jazz Messengers were formed. Uh, this is a pickup band. Uh, of all-star musicians, including, as I mentioned, Lou Donaldson, uh, one of the great-grandfathers of the alto saxophone. Sounds wonderful on here, and he's the only surviving member. Horace Silver is on piano, and Clifford Brown, the ill-fated trumpeter who was taken away in a car accident at age 26. He was 24 when he recorded this. Now, interestingly enough, During this time in jazz music, a lot of musicians were using drugs. Clifford Brown, Lou Donaldson, and Horace Silver never touched drugs. They were straight, and yet they they played this way and proved to the world that you didn't have to use drugs and booze to sound as good as these guys did. The rhythm section, the great solid bassist, Curly Russell, And, of course, Curly had played with Charlie Parker and all kinds of people. Just a solid, swinging bass player. And, of course, the great Art Blakey, the leader on drums. So, without further ado, we take you back to Birdland, February 21st, 1954, and the inimitable, (laughs) and I will say, one of the great introductions, uh, which has been captured on records, by the little midget, the little African-American midget who was the host and MC of Birdland, Pee-wee Marquette. Pee-wee um, was an interesting little character. Uh, he would have been around 40 years old uh, around this time. Not much was known about his background or where he was from, but he worked at Birdland. They paid him a wage, but he, he worked for tips as well. And um, the musicians uh, all had to learn to tip Mr. Marquette, so that he wouldn't mangle their names, because he did it on purpose. And uh, but if you tipped him, he would get your name correct. Uh, he also went around lighting people's cigarettes and all this kind of stuff, um, and and work and brought people to their tables and that sort of thing. But uh, if you didn't tip him, he could be a very very nasty little man. But uh, 
Anyway, his, his great speaking voice is on this recording to introduce uh, Art Blakey. So here we go, back to Birdland. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we have something special down here at Birdland this evening, a recording for Blue Note Records. When you applaud for the different passages... Your hands go right over the records there, so when they play them over and over throughout the country, you may be someplace and uh, say, well, that's my hand on one of those records that I dug down at Birdland. We're bringing back to the band set at this time, ladies and gentlemen, the great Art Blakey and his wonderful group featuring the new trumpet sensation, Clifford Brown, Horace Silver on piano, Lou Donaldson on alto, Curly Russell is on bass. Let's get together and bring Art Blakey to the bandstand with a great big round of applause. How about a big hand now for Art Blakey? Thank y'all.
Clifford Brown, ladies and gentlemen. As chosen for his musical vehicle, Once in a While.
was Clifford Brown on the trumpet. And that was Art Blakey talking to you. All right. We heard a whole bunch of um, music from a couple of great albums that have uh, been issued. They're classics, and they're really an essential um, part of modern jazz. And anybody who's even remotely interested in the music should have these albums in their collection because they really, uh, these guys, without... um, trying to be revolutionaries or anything. They were just playing as, as they felt. They really shaped the sound of, uh, of jazz music. And, of course, uh, uh, young musicians and, and people studying the music have to, have to look into these albums and find out, like, where the real thing is at. And, of course, uh, it was happening on this album. This essentially was a pickup band led by drummer Art Blakey. And this was um, uh, actually before he... Um, formed the uh, Jazz Messengers, of course, which became one of the most prominent bands. And then, of course, Blakey's uh, (laughs) continuing with the Jazz Messengers right up to his uh, death. Um, So this was a pickup band, and they played a two-week engagement. This was recorded, all of these were recorded on the second night of the engagement. And Lou Donaldson on alto saxophone is, of course, 86 years old and still playing and still feisty as ever. Um, is the only surviving member of this legendary quintet. And as I mentioned before, Lou Donaldson, 24-year-old trumpeter Clifford Brown, of course, who really um, was the voice of the trumpet uh, of, in the 50s. And, of course, Clifford Brown probably would still be alive today and playing. He was killed in a car crash at age 26 in, July, in June of 1956. And we lost one of the great voices of the trumpet. But so many trumpet players um, were influenced by Clifford and and were able to form their own style based on what Clifford Brown was doing. He was a prime example of a great musician, always inspired. And um, this was an era, as I mentioned before, where a lot of musicians were... uh, messing with drugs and stuff and had problems that way. Lou Donaldson, Clifford Brown, and pianist Horace Silver, they didn't do any of that stuff. And uh, they proved to the world that uh, you could play great jazz and didn't have to be messed up on booze and drugs because those guys never did it. And uh, great music, of course, here with this quintet. As I mentioned, Horace Silver on piano. Curly Russell was the bass player and uh, Art Blakey, the leader on drums, the wonderful quintet led by Mr. Blakey. And uh, the first tune we heard after the um, inimitable introduction by um, the Birdland's MC, Pee Wee Marquette, we went into Horace Silver's composition called Split Kick, and then Art Blakey announced uh, that Clifford Brown was going to do his uh, feature, and he played an old standard called Once in a While. And uh, then we heard an up-tempo blues tune that was uh, part of the band's repertoire, written by J.J. Johnson. Everybody was playing this tune at that time. It's called We Dot. And the final tune, of course, was Dizzy Gillespie's most famous composition, which was always in Art Blakey's repertoire, A Night in Tunisia, featuring some incredible trumpet work by 24-year-old Clifford Brown. You can see why he set the standard for jazz trumpet playing. And... uh, to this day, 
Very few people have even come close to uh, the beauty of Clifford Brown's playing. All right. Classic music, recorded February 21st, 1954, at the legendary Birdland in New York's Broadway and 52nd Street, one of the great jazz clubs in the world. We have a couple of announcements, and we'll be back with uh, some more music. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, as I said, we'll be back after these uh, couple of announcements. So check us out. Hi everyone, we're from the UBC Food Society. Yummy! And we're the only food club at UBC. We're about feeding students, but also teaching them how to feed themselves. Through our restaurant outings and cooking workshops, we hope to expose you guys to the diversity of cultures, flavors, and food communities Vancouver has to offer. So if you want to get involved, email us at foodsociety at gmail.com or check up on our website at www.ams.ubc.ca slash clubs slash food society or you can even join our Facebook, 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 Facebook. Facebook group. Know what's up at UBC? Read the UBC. It's only the largest student newspaper in Western Canada, and it's written and edited entirely by UBC students. The UBC is your source for on-campus news, culture, and sports. New editions come out every Monday and Thursday. For breaking news as well as amazing videos and blogs, check out ubc.ca. hear much of that in the weather unless uh well the only sounds you're going to hear is uh <laughs> coming from english bay fireworks night which uh, i believe is wednesday night and saturday night so you're going to hear that some booming sounds uh as you heard um, on uh, last saturday night as well however the weather is absolutely stupendous summer is back and um, it's not a heat wave uh, it's really, really nice weather that we're going to experience all week. And uh, basically, it's clear right through to Sunday uh, with temperatures hovering between uh, 15 and 16 as lows and going up to uh, from 24 to 28 during the daytime. And it's going to be sunny straight through. Just uh, beautiful weather. If you've got time off from work, great 
if you're not, if you're not, you're going to uh, enjoy beautiful evenings on the patio, all that kind of stuff. So uh, there's no interference. This is the kind of weather that uh, um, most of us uh, dream about, and it usually doesn't last that long in Vancouver. So enjoy it while you can. Uh, even if you're busy, take a little time out to uh, just bask in the sun, or just go for a walk, or something like that. You know, just take a break and. Check out the wonderful weather. That's what we're going to have all week. Sunny, sunny, sunny. All right. Just uh, two things I'd like to mention that our, our podcast services are, are currently undergoing uh, overhauling. So they are presently unavailable. Um, everything's going to be transferred to a brand new disc, and it's sort of in the process of that happening. All the podcasts will eventually be available very soon. Uh, as soon as the work is done and uh, all, everything is transferred and they'll be back to normal. So that's one thing that's, that's going on. Right now, they are unavailable. So um, that's it. And uh, also, our jazz feature, which is coming up shortly after 11 o'clock, this is going to be the last night that the jazz feature will be on at this time. From next week on, we'll be playing the jazz feature right from the get-go. That'll be the first music, other than our theme, uh, which opens and closes the show. Other than our theme, uh, the first music you will hear on the jazz show from uh, next week on will be the jazz feature. Then the next two hours will be filled with uh, whatever and whatever so there you go. We're going to do the jazz feature first so that um, it's a little earlier hour and um, people can actually listen to the jazz feature. A lot of people uh, have told me over the years that uh, they, they can't stay up past 11 o'clock and uh, they've missed the feature or could only hear a little bit of it but have to go to bed, all this kind of stuff because, uh, you know, people are busy and... Uh, uh, there was a time when uh, uh, we used to stay up all night, but uh, those times have changed. <laughs> it doesn't quite happen that way anymore. So there you go. So that's going to be happening starting next week. The jazz feature will be the first music other than our theme that uh, you'll hear on the show. All right. Here is an interesting recording by pianist McCoy Tyner, who we featured last week. Uh, but this is from a, a recording called Asante. It's kind of a rare item, and it features the legendary uh, Washington, D.C. saxophonist Andrew White. Andrew White is uh, unbelievable. He's a, he's a teacher. Uh, he's recorded and uh, written down. He has uh, uh, an archive of everything that John Coltrane ever recorded and played, all written down for people to study. Andrew White is an uh, unbelievable uh, musician. Anyway, he's playing alto saxophone on here with McCoy Tyner at the piano, Buster Williams on bass, Billy Hart on drums, uh, Matume on conga drums, and Ted Dunbar on guitar, the late Ted Dunbar. And this is an interesting tune. It's kind of a uh, almost funky tune, but done in McCoy Tyner style. And I've always liked this uh, little tune. It's called Going Home, McCoy Tyner. Thank you. 
from a recording by McCoy Tyner, which is one of his lesser-known recordings. It featured Andrew White on alto saxophone, McCoy on piano, Buster Williams on bass, Billy Hart on drums, Matumi on congas, and Ted Dunbar on guitar. And that was a, a tune by McCoy entitled Gone Home from his album Asante. Very fine album, very interesting album. We're going to turn now to another pianist who is uh, alive and well, as is Mr. Tyner. Uh, this time, Memphis-born Harold Mayburn, of course, who's uh, been to Vancouver several times, is recorded with Corey Weeds, and um, is a favorite. Just a wonderful musician. This is going back to uh, a recording that he did in the 60s called A Few Miles from Memphis, and it features an, an all-star group. Um, with George Coleman on tenor saxophone, uh, Blue Mitchell on trumpet, um, Bill Lee, Spike Lee's dad on bass, Walter Perkins on drums, and uh, we're going to hear a couple of tunes uh, from this album uh, before our jazz feature. So um, uh, the first one is the title track called A Few Miles from Memphis, and the second tune is entitled To Wayne. And um, I don't think it's dedicated to Wayne Shorter. It's called, um, Wayne is spelled W-A-N-E. So it's not really um, uh, a Wayne Shorter dedication. It means to Wayne, in other words, to ebb. Uh, you know, the moon waxes and wanes, etc. That's the idea. Anyway, both compositions by Harold Mayburn and played by this great uh, band from a um, fairly obscure prestige album. These two tunes beginning with a few miles from Memphis. Harold Mayburn.
Two tracks from an album, fairly obscure album, called A Few Miles from Memphis. came out on uh, Prestige Records. I uh, misinformed you as to the personnel. Actually, on those two tracks, there were two tenor saxophonists. And uh, the guy with the, the bigger, more pulpy sound was a gentleman named Buddy Terry, very fine tenor player. And the other one, of course, was... Uh, a boyhood friend of uh, Harold Mayburn's. They both grew up together in Memphis, G- the great George Coleman on tenor saxophone. On bass was Bill Lee, Spike Lee's uh, father, and uh, on drums, Walter Perkins. And we heard two tunes from this album. We heard the title track, uh, both, of them, uh, both of the compositions written by Harold Mayburn. The first tune was called A Few Miles from Memphis, and the second tune was called To Wayne. W-A-N-E, and that was, uh, and both written, of course, by Mr. Mayburn. So, there you go. There's a couple of uh, uh, good tunes from this uh, album, A Few Miles from Memphis, bringing us up to jazz feature time. As I mentioned before, as I uh, um, said throughout the show, this will be the last time that the jazz feature is uh, to be presented on this show at this time. It's always been shortly after 11 o'clock, but now, from next week on, the jazz feature will be the first 
music after our theme that you'll hear on the show. So there you go. And that gives everybody a chance, especially people that have to go to bed early and this kind of thing, to check out the jazz feature. And, of course, it will be from 40 to 60 minutes of uh, uninterrupted music by a band or an individual artist or an album. So that is what the jazz feature is all about. All right. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and our jazz feature is coming up in a moment. Just like to mention two great websites that you can get on. They're always kept up to date. The first one, of course, is vancouverjazz.com. And uh, on that website, put together by Brian Nation, there's, there's uh, all kinds of links. There's uh, musicians' biographies. There's uh, our jazz features are on there. Um, gigs. There's so many little places now where jazz is heard, but not on a regular basis. Uh, Gigs pop up here and there, um, a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, uh, or two nights, or whatever. And uh, if you're really interested in the music and hearing some of the finest uh, resident musicians and uh, being a part of Vancouver's jazz scene, you'd be wise to go on uh, Brian's website because he has all the gigs there and you can pick and choose who you would like to hear and and all the different venues. Pat's Pub down at the downtown east side, um, 1789, which is on Comox Street. Uh, uh, Corey Weeds uh, presents uh, um, musicians there and uh, other other places as, as well. So check out Brian's website, which is VancouverJazz.com. And, of course, there's the website of the organization that never goes to sleep, even after the jazz festival is over. They're, way, they're working and planning for other things that are always coming up. And I'm talking about the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And even though it's summertime, the dog days of summer and so on, this, uh, the wheels are turning because uh, the jazz festival is huge, uh, but there are other um, things that they present throughout the year and their website is coastaljazz.ca. That's a good one to get onto too, and uh, very comprehensive as well. Just one more thing, uh, my good friend Ken Speller, wonderful repairman. He repairs musical instruments. That's what he does, and you got to keep your horns in shape, whether you're a professional, amateur, student, whatever. If you play the saxophone, the clarinet, the flute, um, Ken's the man to see. He works out of his home, so he keeps his prices very reasonable. And uh, he's a good guy. He's also a great musician. He's an excellent player, really knows what he's doing, and uh, can really uh, make your instrument sound its best. And if your instrument sounds its best, then you're going to sound your best wherever your abilities lie. So there you go. And, and musical instruments are like cars. They have to be kept up, uh, you know, tune-ups, uh, all this kind of stuff. So there you go. Uh, Ken Speller's the man. And he's in the 13th and Lonsdale area of North Vancouver. 778-800-1933 is his phone. 778-800-1933. Uh, you can also reach him by email, uh, which is uh, kspeller at 
uh, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. That's K Speller, K S P E L L E R underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. Good man to know, Mr. Speller. All right, our jazz feature this evening is a wonderful album that was recorded in 1964, but not issued ever. Never saw the light of day until 1981. And the reasons for this are kind of mysterious because this is one of uh, trumpeter Lee Morgan's finest recordings. Um, Lee Morgan had uh, uh, fallen into uh, dissolute ways after getting fired from Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers in 1961. Uh, Lee was heavily addicted to drugs, and he became more, uh, more of a junkie than, than uh, anything else. Managed, managed to survive, got himself back together with, with help from a, a, a lady friend. Um, Lee Morgan uh, got into rehab and came back with an album called The Sidewinder. And that was a throwaway tune. They weren't even going to record that tune, but they put it on the album, and it became a huge hit for Blue Note Records and brought Lee Morgan back into the prominent jazz scene, because Lee Morgan was a prodigy. He was, uh, as a teenager, uh, he recorded uh, with John Coltrane. He's on the famous Blue Train album. He was making uh, recordings under his own name. He was featured with Dizzy Gillespie's big band, and then he became a star with the Jazz Messengers uh, with Art Blakey, and um, and then fell into uh, this pit of, uh, of drug addiction, came out of that with the Sidewinder, and began recording, resuscitated his career until, unfortunately, his untimely death in 1972. He was shot and, um, and killed and uh, was still a young man. He was only 34. Sad to say, one of the great voices of the trumpet. Anyway, getting back to this album, uh, this was recorded for Blue Note Records, but for some reason, I guess because they issued other albums with Lee Morgan, this one was kind of uh, recorded but forgotten, and it stayed in the vaults until um, the Japanese uh, did some research into the Blue Note vaults in the early 80s and issued this album on LP. Eventually, um, it was issued domestically on a CD, and... Uh, actually is one of Lee Morgan's finest recording sessions. It's, uh, it shows also his amazing compositional abilities as well. And this is an all-star band. Recorded August 11, 1964, Lee Morgan, who had rejoined the Jazz Messengers, um, was, uh, was back. And uh, on trombone, Curtis Fuller, who was uh, actually in the Messengers with Lee at this time, and Jackie McLean, one of the great voices of the alto saxophone, was brought in for this session. And uh, so we had a nice three-horn front line. On piano was Lee, Lee's boyhood buddy, McCoy Tyner. They were both born and raised in Philadelphia. And McCoy, very happy to do this date. Um, he really, it was kind of a, almost a, a feeling of... Uh, Relief because he McCoy had been working with John Coltrane's quartet and their music was intense and serious, and this date was a lot more lighthearted. And I think McCoy really sounds like he's enjoying himself on this date. Bob Cranshaw is on bass, solid bassist from Chicago who is still with us, plays with Sonny Rollins all the time, great bass player, and 
On drums, somebody very special. He had stopped doing sideman dates um, in about 1962. But as a favor to Lee Morgan, who he thought of as a son, and he was so happy to see Lee Morgan back on the scene, Art Blakey agreed to be the drummer on this date. And, of course, he is a magnificent sideman and, and uh, really makes this music happen. So that's it. That's the date. Um, four of the five tunes were written by Lee Morgan and shows, show his compositional ability. And the ballad feature is uh, written by McCoy Tyner. Beautiful ballad. So the tunes in the order of appearance. We open with the title track. It's a bluesy, kind of a sneaky, uh, neat kind of a tune called Tomcat. And you can see why it was called that way. Lee Morgan composition. The second tune is called Exotique, another composition by Mr. Morgan. Uh, Tune number three is entitled Twice Around, and you'll hear why. And then the ballad, uh, written by McCoy Tyner, called Twilight Mist, a beautiful, one of the highlights of of this album. And the final tune is uh, a Lee Morgan composition called Rigor Mortes, so (laughs) sort of a play on words. So that's our jazz feature tonight, the album Tomcat, August 11th, 1964. Lee Morgan on trumpet, Curtis Fuller, trombone, Jackie McLean, alto saxophone, McCoy Tyner, piano, Bob Cranshaw, bass, and the great Art Blakey on drums. Here we go.
Thank you. 
Our jazz feature tonight and the final night that the feature will be played at this time. Next week, the feature will begin the show. That's going to be a new policy on the jazz show. The feature tonight was a wonderful album that was recorded in 1964, but not issued until 1981 when the Blue Note Vaults were researched. A great album by trumpeter master Lee Morgan, the late, great Lee Morgan, with Curtis Fuller on trombone, Jackie McLean on alto saxophone, McCoy Tyner at the piano, Bob Cranshaw on bass, and Art Blakey on drums. And we heard five tunes from this album. The beginning track was uh, the first three are all Lee Morgan compositions. The first one, of course, is the very appealing uh, title track, Tomcat, followed by the next tune called Exotique, and tune number three, Twice Around. And then the ballad of the set, a beautiful thing written by McCoy Tyner called Twilight Mist. And the final tune was the up-tempo uh, Lee Morgan composition called Rigor Mortis. And uh, that's it for the jazz feature, and that's it for the jazz show this evening. You are, of course, listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Next week on the jazz feature, which will be opening the show, is the Juno Award-winning album Habitat by the Christine Jensen Orchestra. It's a wonderful album. And that's going to be our first uh, jazz feature, which will be programmed right after our theme and introduction, right at the beginning of the show. So um, that's basically the new format. So do join us next week. Thank you very much for being out there. Stay tuned to CITR FM 101.9. There's more great music and talk and all kinds of stuff coming right up right now. We'll see you in seven days. Bye-bye.